Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favorite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove, joined by Chris Woff, ahead of uh, Newcastle United's trip to Manchester United. Both clubs' uh, preparation really is overshadowed by off-the-field issues. As many of you will know, Newcastle United have headed to Pontyland for Pizzagate, which I'm sure uh, Chris has his views on. And down in the northwest, my United are having a few issues of their own, Chris. Josie Mourinho potentially on the verge of the sack if Newcastle United managed to beat his team on Saturday. Where to start? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, the thing with Newcastle United at the moment is the football itself, it would be nice to talk about it to a certain degree, but then I suppose you could argue the football's been so bad that if there's so much else to talk about, we don't have to discuss the intricacies of Newcastle's deficiencies, which they're going to need to address this weekend. But obviously here we've had Pizzagate, we've had... Everything that's gone on off the field, there's been Peter Kenyon this week, basically everything but the football itself, Rafa Benitez, his future. And then over at Manchester United, it really is there, a complete crisis club. I think at Newcastle, things are uncertain, but at Man United, I think that we're almost at the point whereby Jose Mourinho, I can't see that being there long term. Yes, I'm not well connected with Manchester United, I don't know anything really that's going on there, but the amount of reports that are coming out, the suggestions that his relationship with Pogba is beyond break and point. He's fallen out with Valencia, who he was close to before, that the Man United board are now looking elsewhere. Really, this should be a time Newcastle should be going there and hoping to get a win, but we obviously know that Newcastle themselves are struggling for goals. It would be just typical Newcastle United, wouldn't it, that Saturday evening is the moment George Mourinho finds his Man United team. It's the evening that Manchester United find themselves and Newcastle United come back without any three points having seen Jose Mourinho's side play their best game of the whole season. It would be, but I'd be surprised if, if Man United suddenly shooting to life. I'm not saying they're the four that I expect Newcastle to win this weekend, but I think that even if Man United do get that victory, which could prolong Mourinho's seem, uh, stay of execution, for want of a better term, I, st- I think that'll be because it'll be a scrappy win. Newcastle are capable of going there and, in my opinion, stifling Man United and stopping them from scoring. But what Newcastle haven't shown yet this season in the first seven goals, a game, sorry, is the ability to score goals. Freudian so, slip there. So seven goals would be a wishful <laughs> thing, wouldn't it? 
Exactly. So a Freudian slip almost there to what everyone wants. Everyone wants to see goals, but Newcastle haven't got any sort of flow at the moment. They're not creating opportunities and they're mind taking them. And to do that at Old Trafford, hopefully they go there and avoid by the occasion. They go into a big uh, ground in general. Newcastle do tend to raise their game against the top six clubs and Man United are vulnerable and Newcastle need to sense that danger but at the same time I think you can look at this on the flip side and Man United will be thinking that Newcastle is the perfect game for them at the moment as well. Now in the match day programme uh, for Leicester City Jamal Lascelles wrote in his notes that Newcastle should go um, all out, should take the game to Leicester, should go on the attack. We didn't really see that I don't think. Um, There was glimpses but there wasn't enough to suggest that actually that was the message. You go up against Manchester United, yes, they've spent so many tens of millions of pounds more than Newcastle, but they do look vulnerable, right? You know, you look at uh, De Gea, Gea, sorry, he is a top-class keeper, one of the best in in the world. He hasn't had the best of starts to the season. He looks vulnerable. How did Newcastle approach Saturday evening? Does Benitez change his, his tact and actually think, well, actually they are... We, we can get at them and we can attack them and, and they can't concede you know, at Old Trafford because surely getting that first goal is the most important goal because then maybe the Old Trafford crowd will, will turn on them. When people say that Newcastle should have a go, I'm not really sure what they mean. What I believe Newcastle need to do is I think they need to have more intent in the play. They need to have, be more purposeful in possession. I don't think Newcastle have the personnel to be really attacking. I don't know who you would bring in and suddenly make them be expansive. You could argue they could go four four two which I believe they played around about this time last year or a few weeks later on in the season. But that didn't really bring the goals they wanted. So maybe you could put Muto up alongside Hosselu. You could play Muto and Perez together, possibly. You could bring Murphy and Kennedy into the same team. But it's not as if Newcastle have loads and loads of attacking options where you suddenly think you throw them in, they're going to become a far more expansive team. What Newcastle need to be is every single player needs to make sure that that when they get the ball, they're far more proficient with it, they're more efficient with the ball as well, and that they're looking to go forward. Defensively, I'm not overly concerned about them, particularly if Fernandes and Dummett are back, which hopefully they're going to be. Rafa Benitez will give us an update at his press conferences tomorrow, but the suggestion has been that and my understanding is they have been training a bit this week, so hopefully they could be back for the weekend. So defensively, it's not really an issue for me, but what Newcastle need to do far better than they have done when they've played against some of the big teams is when they get the ball, be far more useful with it. And they should get more possession than they did against the likes of Chelsea, Man City, and even Arsenal to a certain degree, because this Man United team don't really dominate possession against teams. They're not brilliant on the ball they're not brilliant at really stifling the opposition so Newcastle whenever they get it need to make sure that they exploit the obvious weaknesses that that Man United side has Now uh, the the game last season at Old Trafford ended ended 4-1 Newcastle obviously memorably beat uh, Manchester United at St James's Park things were a lot rosier back then for for, for Josie Marina so clearly there is an opportunity for Newcastle to get their first one of the season. Are you sharing that optimism? My gut instinct says a slender Man United win or a draw. I don't think there's going to be much in it at all. I don't see it being a four-one uh, scoreline. I think it's more likely to be the one-nil sort of scoreline it was at St James's Park. My only concern, as I've said before, is I just don't see where the goals are coming from. If Newcastle were creating opportunities but hadn't taken them, 
I would feel that Newcastle could have could go there and nick something. But it, the lack of even creating chances is for me a real concern. And they need to start positively. They need to make sure that when they get the ball, that that Shelby finds the runners who are going forward. Be that Jacob Murphy, be that Kennedy be it Perez, be it Muto, if Muto gets a surprise first start. And Newcastle really, if they, if they got an early goal, then I think that would suddenly, the confidence would, you'd visibly see it go back into the Newcastle players and, and Man United, the crowd could turn it all Trafford. But otherwise, I think it's likely to be a scrappy affair, tight, both sides quite nervous. And I, I, I'm airing towards a nil-nil or ones each draw. Optimism then. Yeah, well, I, I I can't fake optimism, unfortunately. I'm sorry, but that that just the position that Newcastle are going into this game from. It's not like they're welcoming back loads of players, offensive players from injury, and they haven't won in any of their first seven games. And as bad as Man United have been to a certain extent this season, they've won three of their first seven games. They need a win as well, and they will be targeting this as as one. They'll see it as as, as one they can get a victory from as well. So, it it really is could in theory have been the best time for Newcastle to play Manchester United but at the same time they're just not playing well enough to be able to exploit that fact Um, and what do you make of claims in the mirror today that players uh, want to lose my United players want to lose has been an MUFC uh, source that has gone to the mirror and said you know these players want to lose some of you and get to the sack I don't know enough about the internal politics at the, at the Manchester, in the Manchester United dressing room. I don't know what those individual players are like. But sometimes at football clubs, you do get some players who just decide they don't want the manager anymore. And I wouldn't necessarily say that they go out to lose, but they're not overly bothered if they do. And perhaps that's a st- the stage it's got to with Mourinho. Though it seems to be cyclical. This is well documented that Mourinho goes somewhere. First one or two years has an us against then siege mentality. It's a hundred percent. Everyone committed to the cause, but then he falls out with players. He falls out with staff. He falls out with physios. He falls out with uh, the board. He falls out with basically everyone, and it becomes a bit of a toxic environment. And there almost seems to be a point of no return. It looks like we've reached that at Manchester United now. It looks like Jose Mourinho is on borrowed time. If Newcastle could get that early goal this weekend, then they could be the ones who could really put the, the final nail in his coffin. But as I say, I'm not overly optimistic about that. They are capable of doing it, but current form would suggest that it's more likely to be a bit of a negative game and probably a scrappy sort of one goal either way or draw. Fantastic. I, I know that... <laughs> no, we don't, want to give, we don't want to give false hope. Um, Newcastle United-wise, obviously, we've had Pizzagate, you know... Will that have affected plans for Saturday? Because as much as the players might just think they're turning up, enjoying their pizza, their, their bolognese or what have you, you know, I mean, last night we saw the relentless media uh, attention on it. You had fans protesting outside. It was a lot more than just a meal. And I mean, the attention on it was, was huge. It was. I mean, if I was to use, use the term pizza gate, I would put that primarily with what went afterwards and the allegations of Ashley with with the I was the just protesters. looking for a catchy name. No, no, I agree, but but Pizza Gate in itself has negative connotations. I have to be honest, I actually think the meal itself, as bizarre as it is, the fact that the timing of it isn't great. But in general, I actually think it's 
it is a positive that the, that the owner is trying to to re-engage in some ways. Look, it's 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 the tiniest of tiny steps on a ladder of, that he needs to to rebuild and the bridges that he needs to rebuild. But it's an olive at least branch. he's trying. Yeah, it it's it, it's a small olive branch which ne- there needs to be far more than that. He's been in the last two games. He saw what happened against Leicester and he realises that Newcastle United at the moment are in serious, serious trouble and that he needs to re-engage. Things aren't working at the club uh, as they are now. And he seems committed to try... Well, he says he's privately, my understanding is that he's committed to try and keep Rafa Benitez at the club. Everyone else, and rightly so, well, a lot of people would argue that his actions so far wouldn't suggest that. But Mike Ashley is a bit aloof. He changes his mind on things quite quickly. And at the moment, he seems to be in the focused mode. And so in that regard, I think it was a positive. Uh, I don't think the players will have been having pizzas last night. I think some of them have been having steak or pasta or whatever, fueling themselves ready for the game, uh, rather than having maybe sort of heavy dough that you might get from pizza. Mike Ashley partly had spaghetti bolognese yeah which to me is the most Mike Ashley sort of dish you could have made if someone had told me that, that Mike Ashley was going out for a, uh, a, a pasta I would have said that actually if I'd gone pizza I would have said he's probably a margarita or Hawaiian man but um, yes spaghetti bolognese it's kind bolognese. of one extreme yeah too, though, isn't it well yes and no it's sort of uh, it's sort of it just just strikes me as those those sorts of Thing. I, I don't really know. I don't really know that much about pizzas, to be honest. Other than they're delicious, so uh, I'm just disappointed that I wasn't invited. But uh, anyway, back to the, back to the more serious stuff and, and looking forward to the game. Um, Benitez himself seemed happy with what had gone on last night. He seemed pleased that all the players were getting together. I understand that they've had a meeting this week. The players, so n- not really clear the air, but just discuss what is the best way forward. How are we going to get this right on the pitch? And so, off field that. This week, I actually think there has been progress to a certain degree, but now it's it's translating that onto the pitch this weekend and trying to get some positivity back on Tyneside ahead of the two-week break. There's been so many distractions so far this season. Pizzagate, in one sense, was that, but on the other hand, I think that that is trying to rediscover that unity, which Rafa Benitez keeps saying is key and crucial if Newcastle United are going to survive this season. Now, I'm going to suggest something which might not go down too well with... Newcastle United fans, but does Lee Charnley deserve some praise for getting these two men together? Because Benitez, Ashley, most two important men in Newcastle United now, it appears that over the last few months, Lee Charnley has, has worked behind the scenes to try and get, as, as daft as it sounds, the owner of a football club and its manager together to come together and talk about the future, about the issues and, and work it out. I suppose to a certain degree, yeah. I suppose he's managed to, to get them uh, to have a pizza together, it seems that Mike Ashley going forward might be a bit more engaged. He might start coming to games again. He might even turn up at training. Well, that's Benitez, what's been Benitez said, is, isn't is it? still reluctant to invite him, so I think he's just going to have to to say that I'm going to come up and and do that, which is what Benitez has said he's more than welcome to do. Just land uh, his helicopter just, right in the middle of shooting practice. Josh Liu might hit the. No, now, I'll now, not make that now, joke. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so I suppose to a certain degree. I mean, I would argue why is it taking this long? Um, had the whole of the summer and whole of pre-season but he would have thought that it would have been better time to have got everyone out for a pizza or whatever to create that bonding really early on in, in pre-season but I suppose it's better late than never to a certain degree it's about what comes next for me this is this is as I say even from Lee Charnley's point of view this is just the very start of what needs to happen Rafa Benitez is still no closer to signing a new deal that has to be what comes next and has to be the focus on the January window and, and bringing players in. 
there's 13 games for Newcastle to negotiate before then. So Rafa Benitez himself, his focus will be on, on trying to get points from somewhere because that's 39 points available between now and, and when if feasibly Newcastle could have their first player available who they're saying in January. And even then they've got a game on New Year's Day. So that's 13 games up until that point. They need to start accruing points quickly and need to get some momentum from somewhere. And then off the pitch, Lee Charnley, Mike Ashley, Justin Barnes, who was also there, they need to be the ones who are are trying to sort out Newcastle United's medium to long-term future. Now, on the pitch this morning, the guys were in training. I mean, do you think there would have been chat amongst the players about, you know, what was said last night? Oh, you know, there was Mike Ashley, you know, maybe one of the two senior or the more senior players maybe trying to get a word in Benitez here about what, what maybe was promised between the owner and the manager. Or was it very much, you know, separate, you know, Benitez will be just telling the folks on the training, get your mind on the football. What was said between me and Mike Ashley, so to speak, is between me and Mike Ashley. That's my kind of uh, thing to deal with between me and you. It's, it's on the pitch. Well, I've spoken to a few people this morning and the suggestion is that the, the players did discuss it in the, the dressing room at the, at the training ground, but then beyond that, it was out on the training pitch, very much focused on Manchester United and, and getting the game plan right. Rafa Benitez was, was very focused on that. There was no discussion really about what went on last night from that point of view. They had a really nice meal. There wasn't really any long-term details discussed last night. Anyway, there was not there's none of the intricacies of what Rafa Benitez is going to take to stay. That wasn't spoken about over dinner last night it was more of a breaking of the ice trying to trying to reconnect to a certain extent the first step along a path towards hopefully finding a way for for these two men with 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 big egos and they're probably diverging uh, visions for the future of the club but trying to find some some sort of uh, area where they where they do agree and where they think that going forward they can work together fantastic um like we say fernandez dummit Potentially back, Rondon won't be. Uh, so it looks like it probably will be Joss Lute to start up top on Saturday evening. Any other changes you see coming in? I mean, if we see Dummett back at left back, you're likely to see Kennedy push back up on the left. But other than that... I don't think there'll be too many changes. I don't see really what he can change. Murphy may start, didn't they get to covered himself in any glory last week but I suppose you could then put Kennedy back onto the left wing Dummett and Fernandez, I think have a decent chance of being fit but we'll find out more about that tomorrow if they aren't then he might change things around a little bit but I expect Fernandez to slot back in at centre back and Dummett at left back if they are fit Hosselu or Muto would be the choice up front I think it's unlikely he's going to throw Muto in for his first start at Old Trafford I suppose if he wants to go for pace and to really stretch opposition defence Maybe he could look at that, but I think that it's it's likely to be a similar sort of team last week. But Kendi pushed one, just saying to the players, "Look, this is the game plan. This is this is you need to just be better in possession." Shelby's had another week in his legs, hopefully another week close out of fitness, and then maybe in the second half we could see the likes of Muto and uh, someone like Murphy introduced to try and get a goal if, if Newcastle are still in the game. So just two more questions to wrap up then. Firstly, the player on the opposition that you're most looking forward to seeing? Oh, that's a... Or most fearful of, shall we say? Most fearful of Lukaku. He tends to play well against Newcastle. Uh, Big physical presence. Different to the sort of centre-forwards Newcastle have faced in recent weeks. So 
yes, he hasn't been in great form recent weeks, but he tends to like to play against Newcastle. And the, the Lascelles and Fernandez, if it is Fernandez, are going to have to be at their very best to make sure that they keep him out and, and stifle him because he can be a focal point for Man United. And finally, the dreaded score prediction. I've flitted between a few scores so far in this of podcast itself, have. haven't I? So, uh, what should I go with? I'm going to try and add a little bit of positivity in. And I'm going to say that Newcastle are going to get a 1-1 draw, which I'm not sure where the goal is going to come from, but I'm going to say that they're going to nick nick a point, which, yes, I really need a win to just, just lift everyone, alleviate everyone, but it would, to a certain degree, be seen as a positive point, given their record at Old Trafford down the years, even given the crisis that's going on uh, across Manchester. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be bringing you live coverage of the game on Saturday, there'll be a, an after-game podcast as well from Chris and Lee. Um, on, on, then on Monday, we've got another episode of Gibbo's Corner, the five who very nearly signed for Newcastle United. That's not rumours, that's nearly the ink drying on the contract, so tune in for that one. And we'll also be back with a feature-length episode of the Everything is Black and White podcast in association with, with eToro uh, at some time next week. In the meantime, enjoy, enjoy rather, what's left of your, of your week. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.